Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of Loogie, a special no-hitter edition. I'm your host, Zach, here with Jack and Andrew, as always. And since last week's episode, the Mets are 4-3 and three with a 17-8 and eight overall record, still first in the standings, three and a half games ahead of the Miami Marlins. It's been a good week, a lot to talk about, but the biggest story has got to be our combined no-hitter. It was started off by Tyler McGill, who went five innings, pitched 88 pitches. Then we went to the bullpen, to Drew Smith, Jolie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz completed the second no-hitter in Mets history, and it totaled up to be 159 pitches. Jack, record. Jack you must have loved watching the Mets' second no-hitter of all time. What'd you think? Well, I mean, um, I did love it, but I think Steve, they talked about, they talked to Steve Jelbs the next night, and he talked about what it was to be back behind home plate for the last half inning, and the crowd, how excited they were, and after suffering through eight walks and a lot of high pitch counts by batter, it was nice to see Diaz come in and totally slam the door. And, uh, you know, is it a big deal if, if it's more than one pitcher? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. You know, it's not the mm-hmm. same, but it, it's thrilling, and it could be like something that you can point to and say, here was a big moment in our season that really contributed to, um, you know, just a team coming together on their way to a pennant. So that's what I liked about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Johnny Vandermeer pitched back-to-back no-hitters in 1939. He did walk eight batters in that second no-hitter. What? So who knows? See, we don't know how many pitches he threw at eight in pitch count. There was no pitch count back then, but he did walk yeah, eight batters. Like, so sounds like a lot. <laughs> I bet he threw 150 pitches. So, but anyway, it was a good time. Andrew, did you have a good time watching that? I did. I had a very good time. Uh, it obviously it's not as special as a one pitcher no hitter, but seeing the guys that did it, I think is really cool because it's really no one other than Diaz, who was a big name. Coming into this year, I, I guess you could say Seth Lugo is because he's been good for a while. But McGill, Drew Smith, mm-hmm. yep. and Joy Rodriguez all being yeah. big parts of it is awesome. And seeing them, yeah. you know, in the press conference after the game and taking pictures on the field together, it it does seem that it's something that would bring the team together more than just Scherzer going out and dominating or some other pitcher dominating throwing one. So I think that part was awesome and kind of ties into the way that this team has been so far this year. And the fact that our bullpen is a little bit weaker, but they were able to get it done. Uh, yeah, it's a very exciting that, that Nimmo play that was, you know, the big no hitter saving play that every no hitter seems to have was really <laughs> right. awesome. And yeah, just all around exciting, especially against the Phillies team that one is a huge rival two is a great offense. Yeah. And oh, you know, yeah. that pitch count, they were battling Scared. all night but they were able to get it done. So very exciting for the team, McGill and everyone. And yeah, it was awesome. Lights yep. out McGill. Yeah, exactly. Lights out McGill. Truly lights out. And he's supposed to be our fifth starter. Come on. Yeah, the starting not... pitching has been insane. Jack, you got a note on that? Uh, Well, I ha- I mean, there is a weak link in there. It seems that <laughs> um, <laughs> David Peterson is our weakest starter. His, he's the only person with a whip. Of 1.0 or higher, and a whip happens to be 1.0. All their other sorters have whip below one, so 
<laughs> Come on, Peterson, pick it up a notch. Wow. Yeah. Really step your <laughs> game up, buddy. That's pathetic. I, I don't know if he has any experience coming out of the bullpen, but I mean, if once we get our full starting five back, um, if Tawan Walker, I, although I, I like to see Peterson see what he could do come out of the pen and get those those middle, you know, mid, inning five six, mm-hmm. maybe into the seventh there because uh, he looks really good again this year. So and we're gonna need help. We're gonna need help in the bullpen. So I like to see it. For sure. And other Mets news, Robinson Cano, with his big old contract, has been designated for assignment. Andrew, what does this mean? So, designated for assignment is basically the same, well, it ends up being the same thing as him being released. Um, It's sayonara, baby! Exactly. (laughs) He could get sent down to the minors, but obviously he's not going to do that. So he is effectively a free agent, and other teams can sign him to much less money than we're paying him, but we are still on the hook for the rest of his contract. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a huge move for Steve Cohen and the Mets showing that they are all about winning (laughs) the will ponds. (laughs) Yeah. The will ponds would not have done this. They would have just kept rolling them out here every game because he's making a lot of money and plenty of teams around the league would do the same thing. But you got to think about it. You're paying him the money no matter what. True. Might as well get someone better on the field. There's no point rolling him out there just because you're paying him. So I, I think this was huge. I think it's a shame that, um, I mean, it's potentially a shame he didn't get enough at bats to prove that he could be an effective batter in this lineup. Because honestly, when I look at this lineup, we have six guys that are nice hitters. Kana, Marte, Escobar, Nimmo, and Dom are nice hitters. They all have a little bit of pop. Maybe one or two may have a little bit of speed. They hit for a pretty decent batting average, but there's no one in that mix that is going to be a big bopper, a Kyle Schwarber, or <laughs> you know, just another guy who's yeah. a, a real threat in that lineup other than Lindor and a, one at-bat threat like Lindor or, or Pete. So mm-hmm. Cano, doubtful, but maybe could have become that guy. So now we're left with Dom, who, of course, went four for four tonight. He was about to get cut, so maybe we need to threaten him more often. <laughs> but this, in my opinion, we yeah. need another dangerous, let's, I think that's the term, a dangerous bat. These other guys are nice, but they're not dangerous. Cano may have become, but he, didn't, he wasn't going to get the chance, and there's no way you're going to risk losing Dom or Travis Jankowski, who's a valuable piece, um, for the sake of getting Cano, um, you know, 80 more bats in the month of May. Forget it. It's just not going to yeah. happen. So I, my brother and I discussed this last week, and this was the move I thought they were going to do. This was the move that made sense to me. You just could not keep this guy around at this point. So, But, but our offense, it's different than last year, Andrew, isn't it? Yes, yeah, the Mets offense the same. is very different than last year, and they're generating runs a lot different than they would last year. If you look at just the numbers, the Mets have a, I'd say, a top five offense in the league. In terms of walk rate, they're third best. Batting average, second. On base percentage is the best. Uh, we go look at our friend Woba, fourth best. <laughs> and uh, WRC+, Plus, which is a very similar stat, is tied for second best. 
Well, I was going to say they're best at leaning at the pitches this year, too. <laughs> yep, they're amazing, amazing at getting hit by pitches. Yep. Uh, but the thing that's different, well, two things that are different this year. So far, the home run ball is basically absent from the Mets' yes. offense right now. Yes. Uh, we have, not including yesterday's game, we had 18 home runs, which is 19th in the league. And we also have played a little bit more games, so... Home runs per plate appearance were actually 24th in the league. So the eighth worst at hitting home runs yeah. right now, but we're still a top five offense because yeah. guys are getting on base. So I, th- I think it can only go up from here. You have Alonzo only has four home runs. Lindor mm-hmm. has four. Escobar only has one. And Canna has one. And those are all guys that are power threats and are not on pace for what they would normally do in their career. So I think, you know, the singles and doubles are working right now. But once you mix in a few home runs, I think this offense is just only going to get better, which is really exciting. And then the other thing that I looked at, I think partially related to the home runs, is just what the Mets are doing differently now. Now we have a new hitting coach with Chavez. Quattlebum is... (laughs) <laughs> luckily gone history and it just seems like they have a different approach yeah. so i went and looked at some of the underlying stats and the biggest thing i noticed is they just aren't swinging the bat as much mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell a lot of guys that generally don't walk all the time are walking more and in terms of swing rate we're down 2.8 percent from last year which i went and just looked at the gaps for the entire MLB, and this is the biggest drop in swing rate. So a 2.8% is a pretty significant one. And I I won't read out all the numbers, but basically everyone is swinging less other than Canna compared to last year. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I'd love to hear what they're being taught or told by Chavez. Exactly. to, To make that happen. Because I think we were all frustrated last year by these continual swinging at the sliders in the dirt. Mm-hmm. How many times did we just see these terrible at bats swinging at crappy pitches? And yeah, like Andrew said, we're getting away from that. So I'd like to, I'd love to hear from Chavez on the podcast personally <laughs> what he's adjusted in the approach of these batters. But go ahead, Andrew. No, I don't really have anything other than that. I agree. I haven't heard him say anything talking about how the approach is different. That was just the one stat that really stood out to me. And when you watch the games, it does make sense. And it doesn't seem like really anyone right now is swinging for the fences. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to put the ball in play. So you're going to get less home runs, but you're going to get on base more and get more hits. So Well, that's the thing. We are going to get less home runs with this approach. There's no doubt about it. So I think that this points out the need to step up the running game. Now, we all talked about stolen bases early on, and we are fifth in stolen bases, but there's only been 12 stolen bases, and two of them are from Jankowski. Yep. Mm. We're going to have to find <laughs> another way to consistently score runs, and I think we're going to need another batter to, to step up with some power. But, I mean, Dom has hit zero home runs so far, so... Yeah, I am hoping we'll I am hoping with Cano gone that Dom is going to get some more consistent at bats and maybe he yeah. can become that guy. But it's based on what he did last year, it's hard to bank on that. Jankowski has two stolen bases and McCann has one of the 12, so that's 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 the problem right there. Anyway, 
Well, there has been one guy that's that's currently on the team that's hit a lot of home runs in the year. That's Jeff McNeely. He's not doing it this year because he he seems to be changing it up a little bit. Andrew, what are his stats looking like this year? So Jeff McNeil's stats so far are pretty unbelievable. He's batting 360, which is third best in the NL. He's got a 422 on base, which is sixth in the NL. And that was kind of actually the most surprising to me that his on base is, it's not way higher, but it's a lot higher than his batting average, which he's the kind of guy where his on base would, was barely above because he never walked. But he's been, seems like he's been walking a little bit more and striking out less. He's got a 942 OPS. And they pointed this out on the broadcast last night, but he already has nine multi hit games in only 22 games total last wow, year he had almost half. he had 21 the entire season so Dang. he is putting the ball <laughs> in play way more and the reason and they talked about this on the broadcast last night steve gelbs did the report and apparently mcneil has decided he is just not going to try to hit home runs at all he's going Good. back to what he used to do and he's not he's going to still try to drive the ball obviously but he yeah. just wants hits he only wants hits because he's noticed, and a lot of players have noticed, the ball is a little bit deader this year. Mm-hmm. It's not flying out like it used to be. So base hits are, it, that's his skill. We've seen yeah, he has multiple seasons yeah. over 300. So I'm very happy to hear that, and he's yeah. been getting it done so far. Yeah, awesome to see. What have you liked, Jack, from him? Well, one of the things you're hearing from, from Gary and, and other announcers, they're using the words, he served it up. He served the ball yeah. in the center. He served the ball in the left. So, yeah, he's he's going back to his brilliant placement of the ball. I mean, he's serving up the center, serving up to left. And the night that Keith talked about, hey, there's a hole, there's a gap down the right field line. There's a big hole there. McNeil could take an inside pitch down. So he's really back to putting the ball where he wants to put it with that paddle bat. And... um Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's gone back to that. And, and uh, Andrew's right. I think he's also going to get up there with a mindset of, if I get this pitch right here in this zone, I'm going to turn on it and hit a home run. So that's not going to go away. But he's definitely gone back to hitting the ball where it's pitched and, and serving it up all over the field. And and we can see where difference is made um, for for the team as a whole. Yeah, a hundred percent. And his defense stuff. in left oh. and at second have, oh. has has been fabulous. Brilliant he's, defensively. Brilliant. He's, I think I've seen him smile more this year than I have had all of last year. We don't know how much credit we give to Lindor on that front, but he's hit like like you said, his control of the bat. Yeah. He seems to be putting it where he wants. They're shifting on him. He doesn't care. He'll hit it the yeah. other way. He'll do whatever. And he's he's loving it, and you love to see a guy enjoying his. His art, his craft out there. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. Now, hopefully he keeps well, it up, and I feel like he New, will. He lives in New Jersey, and they just legalized marijuana last year, so ah, I there might that be a has, connection there. Yeah. You think the squirrel is getting into stuff? Year, nice. He's ignoring Lindor. <laughs> a little more relaxed, <laughs> He's for ignoring sure. Lindor much better than I, I give Lindor credit. He's toned it down. He knows he's in New York. He knows what we expect from him, and he's, yeah. he's turned the corner with his attitude. So give him a grace period to become a New Yorker. It takes some adjusting for sure. Coming and he got rid of his BFF, Javi Baez. That that didn't hurt. <laughs> Jeez Louise. What a yeah, if Javi stuck around, it would be a whole different oh. story in New York right now. 
Ooh, all right. Let's move on right. to Moving on. other news around the MLB. Players of the Month were announced. Jose Ramirez, my pick for AL MVP, wins it. Ramirez batted 342, seven home runs, 28 RBIs, 15 extra base hits, and a 11.33 OPS over the first month of the season. He led the majors in RBIs while ranking second in OPS and tied for second in home runs. Ramirez was also top five in the L in batting average, so he is off to a roaring start. Hopefully he keeps it up, and I will win. All right, Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals wins it in the NL Player of the Month. 375 batting average for St. Louis, 5 home runs, 17 RBIs, 12 extra base hits, 1125 OPS, led the NL in OPS, ranked third in batting average, tied for second in RBIs, and tied for fourth in home runs. But that wasn't enough to take the series from the Mets. Suck it, Cardinals. No, it All right. wasn't. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, Jack, what else is pissing you off? Well, the obvious thing. Do you even have to ask? Oh, I, I don't, but... Miking up Francisco <laughs> Lindor on ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball for like what? an inning and a half? I thought it'd be like a half an inning. We're into the second inning, and he's still wearing a damn mic. He's adjusting his earpiece while he's at the bat. Now, <laughs> I think, thankfully, they did not talk to him during his at-bat, which is shocker, because they talked to him while he was on deck, ESPN, uh, the booth, and then they were talking to him while he's in the shortstop position between pitches. Asking him about <laughs> Buck Showalter's managerial style between pitches while he's playing shortstop? Who thought of this crap? It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I was hoping there was a ball hit to him. I was hoping he would make an error. Even <laughs> who wants to hear cliched answers during a game? It's bad enough we listen to this crap before and after the game. Well, you know, uh, Bob, we, we played him tough tonight, and, you know, we got to stick together. Uh, we don't want to hear that crap. And then we got to listen to it now. We're asking him about Buck Walter and what's it like to, to field behind Max Scherzer. Just shut up. This is a joke. I don't know. Did you guys see any of this crap? ESPN is, once again, it's not about the game. It's about ESPN injecting themselves into the game and then becoming the story. Because the next day on, e on SportsCenter, what were they doing? Showing us clips of Lindor talking while he's in the field. What a joke. Yeah, luckily I was in the car for most of that game, so I didn't oh. have to actually listen to ESPN, but I went back and, and watched some clips of it. And yeah, I, I agree. It's it's ridiculous. Like there's one thing is miking him up just in general, not having an earpiece and you just hear him talk yeah. during the game and then you know right. the editors can go in and pick out some interesting clips and hear him talking strategy or whatever. But yeah, to have mm -hmm. them, him giving an interview, an interview. while he's in the field yeah. in a, <laughs> yeah, against a division rival in an important game is ridiculous. I think my theory is, so they have, I guess they have whoever gets mic'd up gets to pick the next person that's yes. mic'd up. I was going to yes, mention this. Yeah. And the game before was Bryce Harper mic'd up yeah. and Harper probably knew you know, the, yeah, we're playing the Mets. Let's get a little advantage. We'll mic up, yeah. you know, their shortstop, their important player. Get him, you know, all confused and all distracted, and maybe that'll give us an advantage. Yeah. That's that's see, what I think. See, my theory is this. My theory is ESPN wants you to think they're doing something cool and oh, letting these players pick 
Right. Who they want to talk? There's no way Lindor wants Justin Turner. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I agree. he doesn't yeah. even talk to Justin Turner. I'm sure ESPN was like, tell them, uh, tell tell them to that you want to hear Justin Turner next because that's who we're giving yeah. it to next. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it is because Lindor might gonna... have been like, uh, yeah, I, I know this. I I know one of the relief pitchers. Uh, mic him right. up. Like, you know what I mean? I I just don't see that being actually and also, how it works. I think Lindor right. might have picked someone who doesn't even speak English, and we don't want that either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be awesome if they had a translator in the booth with them. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, he's saying, uh, baseball been very very good. To <laughs> you know I, I think's gonna happen next. That'd be great. I think, I think they're gonna put Booger McFarland back in that crane and have him drive up and down the foul line. I mean, the Booger Mobile. Let's go to Booger in the Booger Mobile. He's in the right field foul line right now. How stupid! Yeah, man, it's a spectacle. All right, I, I'll say one more thing about the ESPN. Uh, I guess right. viewing that I had. The the one thing that bothered me about what it, one of the ESPN announcers said, I don't know who it was, but he was like, he said the Mets fans are coming out of the woodworks here in New York City, while well because the Mets are performing well, he was saying, and I was like, he he was saying how it's usually a Yankees town, oh, and God. this year Maybe it's not a David Yankees Cohen. town, and I was like, what is it? Is this guy That's talking bullshit. about? Come That's on, bullshit. the Mets have great fans. This is. Like if I was if I I mean I'm I'm not even a Mets fan really at heart but like mm-hmm. I, this is my team right now and I took offense to that I was like you can't be saying that stuff on live television come on now New York has always been a National League town first now granted there's plenty of Yankee fans too of course but it's always been a National League town first and I always thought the Yankees fans were more fake than the the Mets fans isn't that kind of the deal that you feel up there in New York New Jersey area oh absolutely. You know, I I grew up around nothing but Yankees fans, and you can't you anyone you talk to, it's still the same. Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Mariano Rivera, like no one even knows anybody anything about the Yankees. Anymore. Nobody knows what Woba is, but they know who A Rod is. Exactly, yeah. that's Come the problem. On. They don't know Cheaters. real baseball. Come on. Also, uh, Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil just poked one right through the shift again. Beautiful. Oh, we're on. Let's go. All right. Show us that big squirrely smile, baby. Is he smiling? Oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, I gotta baby. get some kind of Love illegal pirated. I gotta get some pirated uh, broadcast of these games. I'm gonna, <laughs> my brother's got uh, some app for five bucks a month where he gets everything. So we'll. I'll see Andrew can, can send you a link to your computer on. if you want to walk and watch on your computer. Don't you watch it on the computer? I do. Yes. Oh yeah. Are, I'll get you set up. Are we allowed yeah. to say this on live on live podcast? Oh sure. <laughs> The, the guy FBI in Denmark is, is also listening. the guy in Denmark is pirating everything over there. So. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Spotify was invented in Denmark. All right, <laughs> let's move on to the quiz this week. The quiz this week is going to be a challenge between you and Andrew. I'm going to ask a question that has seven or eight, depending on how sticklery we want to be here. Seven or eight answers. We're going to go back and forth. I'm going to give you guys ten seconds to answer these questions. Oh Lord. And It'll be like, this is the question, and it'll be seven answers. You got to give one answer to this possible question. So we're taking turns, right? And whoever Person runs out or repeats, blue. yeah, All exactly. Right. Ed Cranepool. Okay, you won. It's over. <laughs> Candy Cummings. <laughs> oh no, it's not over. <laughs> Candy Cummings. Oh my, that was beautiful. All right, let's get this up. All right, all right, Jack. Uh, we'll start with you. It is, the thing is, ways to reach first base in baseball. Seven or eight answers. Ready, 
go. Single. All right, Andrew. Hit by pitch. All right, Jack. Reach first base? Yep. Double. You have to get the first no, base. No, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, right. sorry. Let, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. All right, go. All right. What did Andrew say? Oh, he's, you suck. <laughs> oh, walk. He said it's my pitch. I'm going to say walk. Um, I, I think he said walk. I think he right, said walk. All right, hit my pitch then. Okay, okay. It, no, you're good. Uh, <laughs> intentional walk? Is that different? I'll count that because that was what I was thinking. It's it's not listed here, but I think that's different than four balls. Four that's balls four. is different than because IBB is shit. how it's written down. BB is how it's written down. So I think it's different. Jack rebuttal catches interference. Good. Ooh, I wouldn't have got that one. Um, Damn. Fielder's choice. Good. Uh, Back to Jack. Pass ball, third strike. Yep. Oh, that's another. Uh, There's one more. Reaching on error. That's right. You guys got them all. So that means I lose this quiz. You guys both won. Very impressive. No, I disagree. I think that you actually won over 10 seconds one time. So I let it slide. Good job. <laughs> that's a good idea. I, I like that. All right. I'll try. I'll try to find some more like that. I didn't I'll try like to find it. Some more. Oh. Because well, you don't win. like anything, so it's okay. If I don't win, I don't like it. <laughs> no, Next. you did win. You guys both Next. won. All right. <laughs> All right. Everyone got a trophy. Moving on to something that Jack also won't win: the Joe West Award this week. Oh. Who won Week Four's worst umpire? Yeah. Surprisingly, Jack's reign of terror came to an end. He did not win <laughs> in Week Four. Uh, we actually, we have a tie. We have a tie that I don't think we should what? even try to break because uh. two umpires this week on the same day put up 99%. Oh, this is for the best. Games. This is for the best umpire right here. Oh, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I mixed it up. That's all good. We, we, can always, we can always do this one first. This so, is yeah, beautiful. This is, this is Bill Clem. Uh, we had Quinn Wolcott and Chris Siegel, both 99% accuracy. Only one wrong call. Uh, one wow. was a ball called a strike. One was a strike called a ball. But I don't know. You could split hairs and probably say one is worse than the other. But I think <laughs> with how bad umpires we've seen, to only get one wrong call in an entire game, I think you deserve to win. I 100% agree. And I salute these men for the great I work they're doing out these there. Men also. They've got a lot of competition out there uh, with the Angel Hernandez's and the Gabe Morales's of the world. It's good to see them combating the dark I'm gonna side. I'm going to give it to Quinn Walcott because he was hired in 2014 at age 28, the youngest Major League umpire. Age 28. Huh. That's amazing. That's ageist. That's that ageist. Right, I'll man. give it to uh, Steven Seagal's brother, Chris Seagal. Because <laughs> Steven Seagal might beat my ass if I don't. All right, let's move on to the Seagal. Joe West Award. Who was the worst? Worst umpire of the week was Larry Vanover at 88% accuracy, 88% consistency. Oh, Larry. Uh, Yeah, it it was a rough one. And again, not that this is any surprise, but Larry Vanover is 66 years old. So (laughs) don't know know what he's still doing out on the field. Once you're collecting Social Security, you shouldn't be allowed... On I the, got one comment. The hey, Larry, your career is Van over. Okay. Oh, okay. Up. <laughs> Very good one, Jack. Very good one. <laughs> oh, uh, 
Yeah, we need a soundboard for jokes just like that right there. Congratulations, yeah. Larry Vanover. He's probably he announced his retirement at the end of this season already, I'll bet you. Anyway. I hope oh. so. Oh, yeah, we, we can only hope. All right, let's move on to the role-player draft, which we are announcing is starting up in two weeks, but we're starting to track today, or yesterday, actually. How we're going to do it this year is we're going to have four hitting categories and four batting categories. That's a great idea. It is a great idea. You came up with it, didn't you? So, how we're going to do this is every every other week, we're going to do batting, hitting, batting, hitting categories. So, we're going to swap back and forth. So, two weeks of batting will be tracked, then two weeks of hitting will be tracked. And every week, we'll announce the winner of the hitting or batting categories and we'll just keep it going like that so we don't have we don't have eight categories to go over every week we'll just do a quick four jack will you know pronounce himself king and we can move on yeah more than likely everybody happy with that is that a good enough description anybody have anything to add no i guess we uh, we can announce our teams right all right real quick i'll i'll go yeah we're gonna do our hitters yeah do your hitters jack who's your home run hitter Uh, on, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> no, well, my home run hitter is Nolan Arenado. He's filling in for the injured Fernando Tatis. Uh-huh. A base dealer's Roughnod Odor, who has zero stolen bases <laughs> this year so far. My serial He's walker due. is Chris Bryant of the Rockies, who, is he off to a good start? He's in Colorado. So we never discussed what a terrible contract the Rockies gave Chris Bryant. We won't do that now, but maybe next week. My strikeout. 81, I think. I think they're tied for first. My strikeout batter is Aaron Judge, who has struck out 25 times already this year. So I'm I'm happy with where I, where I am right now. Wowie. Yeah, I like that. Wowie, wowie, wowie. Yeah. All right, my home run hitter is the new and improved Ronald Acuna Jr., who's back from injury. Stinks. My base stealer is Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians. He's got about five stolen bases this, this season already, so he's off to a good start. Serial Walker is going to be Joey Votto. I have no idea what he's done this year. And my strikeout batter is the greatest of all time, Javier Baez. Andrew, who you got? All right. For my home run hitter, currently I have Bo Bichette in there. The one and uh, only. Because Eloy Jimenez, rest in peace, is hurt. <laughs> and uh, Marcus Semyon is sucking. So Bobochet is currently my home run hitter. My base dealer is Taylor Walls. I had never really heard of him, but he has four stolen bases already. Balls so to the walls. Got him in what? there. My serial walker is future Met Juan Soto. <laughs> and my strikeout batter is Patrick Wisdom of the Cubbies. He's got Patty 30 Wisdom. strikeouts this year. He does. Yeah, he'll put up some numbers. Appearances. God, that's pathetic. He's he's got he's he's got no threat of anybody coming up and taking his position. He's gonna swing for the fences every time he gets up there. Come on, you gotta love it. Patrick Wisdom. Spell it with a K. Alright. Let's move on. I'm excited for uh He might not play enough. Oh, Actually, oh come on, who's gonna so who's far. gonna come and take his spot? You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With that amount of strikeouts, he better have played every game so right. far. Come on. All right, what's next? All right, we're moving on to the music of the week. Jack's pick. Stereo MC's Connected. Oh, oh Andrew, Andrew. Actually, Jack, I guess let's get your, like, breakdown of what this record means. What well, is this record? Well, when I pick 
picked this album up in 1992. Um, I was negative. I was surprised six. by what I heard because there wasn't a lot of this going around at that point. But I mean, I just love this record because um, it's a great melding of hip hop and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I love the beats. I love the groove. I love the sound. I love the um, vocals, which is, I guess, uh, quasi rapping. But um, it's just energetic. It's funky dance tracks, dance music. And mm-hmm. I love almost every song. Um, I don't want to, you know, you guys probably hate it. And then you'll feel bad. And then when you say you hate it after I've been saying I like it. So No, I'll be frank. I love Connected. I love Fade Away, Step It Up. All very good. Uh, most uh, There's only a couple songs on this which I did not burn to my own personal CD. So uh, just in 92, this was a big deal at least in the UK not here of course but um, it's a lot of pleasure from this record and uh, I really enjoyed it I give it a uh, 8.6 yeah alright Andrew you got you know you guys probably hear lots of records like that like this these days but in 92 it was something new but anyway I'm sorry go ahead yeah it's funny that you say you're surprised by it back in 92 because I was surprised by it now wasn't really expecting something like that from an album back then. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it was definitely very interesting. It was fun. Uh, I, I really like the, well, I like the main guy, his rapping. And then I like a lot of the background vocals and a yeah, lot of the like songs. The yeah. were really good. Um, it was really funny because, you know, it's, it's hip hop and it's kind of rap and obviously it's very tame compared to modern hip hop, but yeah. It's not really what you're expecting back then, but then there are a few songs where the guy is really rapping for for what it is. Like he he is going. I think it was Creation was the one that really stood out to me. That when he starts rapping, he's like really going, and I really liked it. Um, so yeah, definitely wasn't at all what I was expecting. Um, it was fun. It was really it was pretty cool. I liked Connected. I liked Fade Away. Uh, I liked creation. Don't don't let up was a song that had basically no listens on Spotify compared to the others, but I actually really yeah. liked it. Yeah, that is a good one. And uh, the end was pretty good too. So yeah, overall I enjoyed it. Again, not at all what I was expecting, but it was pretty good. I hmm, I'm gonna give it a seven one. Yeah, seven point one. All right, Zach. All right. I have heard this uh, a good bit of these songs before from you, Jack, around the pool, happy hour, whatnot. So I was very familiar with the guy's voice and the hippity-hoppity of it all. Uh, Step It Up, good song. Connected, good song. Fade Away, uh, those three were my favorites, probably. It, It's a... Uh, you're right, Andrew. It's like a tamer version of what we listen to now. Jack, I'm surprised since you like this record, you wouldn't like uh, some more modern hip hop. I probably would if if you guys point me to some other crap other than that ridiculous Kanye West record. So yeah, <laughs> ridiculous Kanye West record. I could point you to some way more ridiculous I'm Kanye sure. West records. Oh, well, no, that's quite alright. <laughs> if you um, want me to, no, um, right, but, uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a little bit. I don't know, repetitive to me at some parts in terms of just like 
the pace of it the style and the pace yeah similar. yeah the pace yeah. of it so like with you there. that may, maybe 13 songs was too much for me um but i mean it's enjoyable to listen to it's not in any way unattractive or jarring on your ears it's pretty pleasant the rapping is good i didn't play pay attention to the lyrics at all in this one i gotta be honest mm-hmm. i was i was listening to it at work um and it, it's in a genre where I like a lot of other music more than it, so yeah. I can't give it too high of a rank a ranking. But I do think it's it's good, especially for its time. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a six point one. Uh, I I had you guys listen to it so you can point me in this direction of the modern stuff. Okay. All right. Well, I don't have that ready today. I'm gonna duh, recommend. Duh, I don't want to hear it today. I, I know. I, I have enough to process already. My my drink is empty. I'm dying over here. I need, <laughs> I need a refill, and I can't reach it without taking on my headphones. So, all right. So, I'm gonna recommend next week's record. I've been listening to psychedelic rock recently, and number 25 on the list of best psychedelic rock records that I was listening to. I really enjoyed. And I'm going to recommend it here. It's a Beatles-influenced album. I'm pretty sure I hear a lot of them in this record. It's by The Pretty Things, and the album is called S.F. Sorrow. S.F. Sorrow. So, Jack, I don't know if you... I mean, a lot of the psych rock around the 60s came out of there. Maybe maybe all of it. So, it could be San Francisco Sorrow. Um but I, I liked it. I thought it was very good. It's it's kind of long. It's like 17 songs, but it's only 56 minutes, so it's not not like any long uh, Rage Against the Machine type songs, but they're like nice Beatles, uh, I guess like uh, Sgt. Pepper's songs, I kind of well, feel the like. Album you chose is a psychedelic masterpiece, so it's better be I good. liked it a lot, so go All for right. it. Go forth and listen to it and rejoice. And uh, anybody have anything else to add? Anybody want to shout out? Anybody want to shout out anybody? I'm going to give a shout out to um, Francisco Lindor for having to endure wearing a microphone and an earpiece for two winnings for ESPN. Uh, wow, I can't end, believe Jack has just shouted out I, Francisco by Lindor. By the end, I could tell he was not happy. I don't think he liked it <laughs> at all. So I was encouraged by that. If Francisco Lindor doesn't like it, then you can imagine it's a dumbass idea. Any other shout-outs? All right. I'm going to shout-out all the people who watched the A-Rod Michael K broadcast of <laughs> uh, Sunday Night Baseball just because <laughs> yeah. they, need, they need some help or they need something. Uh, but if you, can, if you can survive that broadcast, then good for you. Indeed. I'm going to shout-out Brian Zales, longtime listener, zero time caller. Maybe we'll have him call in someday. We love you, bud. And thanks for joining us for episode 39 of Loogie. We hope you guys all enjoyed it. Join us next Thursday for episode 40. That's a milestone. Tell a friend, rate us five stars. Sorry, Jack, six, six stars. stars. And check out our merch on redbubble.com. Search for Loogie, and you can find all kinds of stuff. Soon we're going to have Jack's face on a t-shirt. It's going to be great. Good night, Denmark. Good night, Denmark. We love, we love you. you.